Welcome back to Two Homers and a Realist. This is the Bowl Selection Show, where we're going to discuss the college football playoff, the bowl selections, where OU's headed, and all the beautiful controversy that was created today. I'm Steve. Lucas. Connor. Jay. And this bowl selection, which should have been a post game because we should have been in the conference title game, is brought to you by Tobacco Exchange. Three wonderful convenient locations throughout the metro area and more. Edmond, Oklahoma City. Great selection, great service, great prices. What are we smoking, Lucas? Today we've got a Hoya de Nicaragua Numero Uno. And if I'm not mistaken, I think this was in uh, Cigar Aficionado's top 25 in the last year or two. Uh, when it, well, whenever it came out, maybe three years ago. And it's uh, delightful. Yeah, thank nice you. Nice, easy uh, Sunday afternoon smoke. For yeah, sure. thanks yep. to Tobacco Exchange for providing this, and as they always do for these post-game um, podcasts. So let's get into it. Let's start with the two, the, the four teams and the two that were the controversial teams that made the playoffs. So we've got Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Bama. What do you guys think about that? I think Florida State got hosed. Yeah, they, they really did everything glad. they could. Yeah, they, I'm really glad we're not Florida State fans. Mm. I, I think we've we've been in positions in the past where we felt a little bit gutted, where, you know, not necessarily that we should be in, but we're right on the cusp. Like, Florida State did everything that they could do. They won every including single game, beating two SEC opponents, beat two SEC opponents, won every game on their schedule, conference champions, um, and it wasn't enough. So. Uh, Again, it's a. I think travesty is probably a decent way to describe it, but uh, it's a tough, it's a tough, tough loss for them. I think it's a really bad look for the uh, for the committee as well. I think it's a horrible look for the committee, and I've always been pretty negative on the committee from so many aspects. Back in the days when Barry Alvarez was on it, and you had people like Condoleezza Rice who, maybe with her judgment and her intelligence, is a good pick, but she doesn't seem like an expert in college football, nor does she probably have the time to be devoting to what you should be doing. She actually is a football expert, according, she's, she's wanted to get into, uh, she wanted to be the commissioner of the NFL. She, she's very astute in, I don't know about college necessarily, okay. but she is like a no, I hardcore, she was a big fan. hardcore football fan. Yeah. And she's wanted to get into either the commissioner or like a, she wanted to be a GM. I think somebody interviewed her, was it the Texans? Hmm. Somebody interviewed yeah, somebody her for interviewed a GM her. job like I two remember or three that years now. ago. Well, but Joe Casiglione sat on this committee as well. Well, Joe Casiglione is very close to the sport and, and very specific. Yeah. Um, now, my criticism, and I throw her out there as a potential criticism, is that seems like somebody that has, is a big name and not necessarily someone who can do what it takes to really do the deep thinking and should serve on the Grand Poobah Committee like this is. And it, it's part of my criticism all along of, I don't know if they watch all the games, They don't seem their, their criteria seems to float around and change with the wind and whatever the the motivations they have and other influences and all that said they've never done something i think as egregious as this situation where they basically just said we're going to carve out some rationale to get bama in and keep fsu out even though everyone generally would think a 13 and 0 power 5 champion who played the schedule they played has to deserve to get in they should stream those committee meetings online and let all the psychopaths like me watch some of it <laughs> so that there's transparency to see what they talk about in those meetings. I don't know if that help or hurt. I think C-SPAN's been a hurt to the Congress to do that, and this is kind of <laughs> like that. So 
But I do think you're right, some transparency would be good. Maybe at least release all of the transcripts, like the, I mean, the full transcript of everything that was said in that room well after the fact. So do it after the season's over and done, but and let them know they're going to be held accountable for their thinking and their reasoning and what they say. So they actually have to lay it out there. Jail time. <laughs> I mean, the crazy part is, yes, it's a power five. The ACC, it was probably the third best conference this season. Uh, well, I don't know. ACC and Big 12 are probably equal. They went six and say. four against the SEC as a conference. Okay. there Yeah, there you go. So I would say the ACC and Big 12 are probably comparable. Agreed. Well, I guess Pac-12 had a really good season. Mm. Anyway, but they didn't schedule rum dums for the, all their out-of-conference you know, they had LSU in Florida, which they play Florida every year, but it's still an out-of-conference. But, but it's a game they played. Power 5 team. Give them credit. They played and they the game. were out their quarterback yeah. that game. Their second stringer played. And it, apparently and they it won. wouldn't have mattered if LSU was number one and Florida was number two, according to them. Right. Because they don't have their quarterback. Yeah. So it wouldn't have mattered how good those SEC teams well, like Tell that to Cardale Jones and the Ohio State team. Now, do, does it change things that in that year – he came on and beat Wisconsin, I think, 59 to nothing or something along those lines. And so the committee is like, well, this third-string quarterback is really good. And Florida State yesterday against Louisville, what was that final, 16-6? to six? But they used something their like third-string quarterback. Well, Cardell was a third-string quarterback. second string wasn't available. Right. Maybe, their sec- maybe they their win. second string had a concussion. Maybe they win 34-10 to right. 10 yesterday. And he's going to have a month in between games. So he, 95% chance, the second stringer would have been playing in the playoff game. So leaving out a team that – didn't go out of their way to schedule nobodies and literally played and beat two SEC teams is ridiculous that they got left out. It is. It's honestly, it's unbelievable. I didn't think it was going to happen. Is it? I didn't think so either. I really, really didn't think it was going to happen. I thought Texas would be the four seed. Yeah. The only I, I put one it out. The odds maker didn't the think it would happen. And I had the four correct, even yeah. though I didn't think that was right. Like, yeah, yeah. It shouldn't you, have been right. You predicted it. it but the, the odds makers, they, you know, the, they were. Heavily believing it was Florida State going to be in there. And that just, is 41%, I think. I understand they're trying to select the best teams, but let's get this out of the way. It is a sample size of 12 or 13. You do not know who the best teams are. That's why you need a playoff. It's why you need an expanded playoff. You've got to lean back on deservedness and consistent criteria that you lay out and you're going to adhere to. And for better or worse, part of the criteria has been win all your games. What even else can you do but win all your even games? Even if they go off the four best teams, the four best teams are still probably not in the playoffs right now. Right, because I yeah, promise exactly. Because right now, none of those teams would be excited to play Georgia. Right, nope. right. And Vegas would not have Georgia as an underdog to any of those teams. Except Bama. Probably not even Bama again. No, I saw Bama would be favored by two and a half. Okay, fine. That's well, the only Texas one. Slightly, maybe. Georgia, Georgia would be favored in the other three. Would not be favored against Bama. Well, in the same, Georgia, vein, as, in the same vein as what you said, Steve, and I, I know I texted it to the group last night, it's the egregious part to me is, is exactly kind of what we've been saying. You've defined these standards as these, these guardrails to how you select these teams. You haven't put any sort of parameters around whether or not they're, they're on their second, str- yeah, second string quarterback is in, third string quarterback is in, etc. You win your games, you win your conference championship, you're a power five school, that checks the boxes. And what we've seen is this committee, this group of people have no regard for any sort of credibility. Um, and, and apparently they're okay with being And there's questioned. no consistency. No credibility, no consistency. 
the the guidelines that they put forth were not adhered to and from every explanation we've heard it's them coming up i mean it just sounds like very hollow excuses as to the decisions that they've made oh they're totally trying to shoehorn everything they've decided in to the extent that and we'll get into it in a minute it's inconsistent as you go down in their very rankings today not just inconsistent with all prior thinking about what could, what should be, who should be in what position, how the BCS was formulated, how prior committees have worked, how the voters have always voted. No, they were inconsistent this year in their own top 12 and top 25 and just blatantly contradict themselves in the same interview. It's absolutely absurd and ludicrous. So when you look at a team that, like Florida State who did everything they could do to win and you're going to say, well, we're going to, we're going to, decide that they're not worthy because they which has to be not just the injury but they just don't look very good doing it and they didn't look very exciting because they're playing louisville and they didn't do great against louisville and alabama was playing in the prime time slot against georgia and you know alabama's got beautiful uniforms and they've won all those national championships and they've got nick saban just admit what's drawing you to make this conclusion and Otherwise, I, I don't understand where you even think that you have a leg to stand on. Go ahead. So I was talking to my son about this. Um, what if J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback for Michigan, Michigan, what if he had got hurt in the fourth quarter last night and, and broke his ankle? Are they going to keep Michigan out of the playoffs? Nope. No way. They're going to drop number one Michigan, just, just bump them completely out because they don't have a quarterback anymore. Yep. What exactly. if Alabama had done that? Exactly. Any, any of those Well, teams, Alabama would be on their fourth string quarterback or something Penix, based if, on how they shaken out hurt, this year. But they hang on. They hang yeah, on hang on and win. Yeah. Well, even better, what if, what if Ewers gets hurt and they jump they, they jump Bama? <laughs> yeah. No, no oh. they, they go ahead and put Florida State in but then at three, and then Bama jumps Texas because Ewers gets hurt. Right. Even though they settled it on the field. Yeah, so their their explanation for Florida State, I – I don't think Florida State has any chance of winning the national championship if they are in the top four. Mm-hmm. There is something to the fact that their best player, their quarterback, is not playing. I get it. But there's 100 guys on the football team, and there's 100 people in the administration mm-hmm. and the coaching staffs that all deserve to be there. And I'm not big on deserve usually, but this is a time when I'm really big on deserve because they've earned it. So if th- this is tantamount to if the NCAA – March Madness basketball tournament decided after all of the first four, or if you're going to call it five rounds are done, we're going to go ahead and reseed and remake the final four to be whoever we think are the four best teams in basketball. Because we know a lot of times those teams don't get in, but they do what's deserving because they won the game to get them to that level. This is the exact same thing that happened. Florida State won the games to get them to this position. And we're not talking about put someone in like a – um, I know they weren't eligible, but had they been eligible, had they won a James Madison, who played nobody, was outside of the top 25 looking in for most of the season, and then obvi- you know, barely is creeping their way into some type of ranking. We're not talking about a team like that. We're talking about Florida State, who everyone agrees is a top-quality program, could play with and beat anybody throughout most of the season, and you're just going to punish them because one player got hurt which is the only thing I think you can say, possibly. It's just, it has to be just this player. It has to be that, yeah. I mean, yeah, tell us the four-state defense, because I'm looking it up right now. 
Louisville averaged 31 points a game this season, mm -hmm. and Florida State held them to six, including yep. the in deep the biggest in the red zone. They yeah. were deep in the red zone to, to take the lead, probably and, the go-ahead lead, right? And to go yes. even further back, a Jeff Brom-led team on offense had never been held under 200 yards in, since he's been a head coach, period. And they had 196 or something. I mean, they shut them down. They, Florida State absolutely could beat a Michigan. Oh, absolutely! It was yeah, completely reliant. Actually, on the they fact would match up really well of yes. running the ball. That's because yes. yeah. McCarthy's yes, it not any be, good. It'll be a ten to three uh, slugfest. Slugfest, yeah. but they could win that game. Well, yeah. and I think that I think that's my biggest thing is, unfortunately, what I think exists are some reports that get generated after the the conference championships and everything else around analytics and scenarios around revenues and viewership of what these games would look like on on the day of the playoff of how many viewers are we going to get with this matchup versus this matchup um even between the one through fours of of how they pick you know the two three teams the the four team or maybe more importantly the three four team um and i i think the answer is uh, people are gonna if michigan starts stomping florida state which I know we just said that probably wouldn't happen, but under the assumption and these, these analytics that we don't know about, people are going to start turning the game off and start watching something else. And, you know, viewership goes down, money goes down, et cetera. So, um, well, I don't think it's just, I think you're onto something. I, I think you're right, but you're onto something deeper that's even more shallow on their behalf, if I can I kind of mix a metaphor there. Um, I think they're looking at what's going to, where am I going to be criticized more at the end of the day? And when it rolls around to January 2nd, they're worried they're going to get criticized more, even though they're taking a lot of flack right now, if Florida State is in the college football playoff and they get throttled because they're playing someone who just completely dismantles them with the backup quarterback. Whereas they left it with what will be competitive matchups, no doubt about it. Alabama. Oh, they're a great game. I mean, Alabama, Alabama could win it all. Games. Bama could be up thirty-five to six, and people turn the TV off just as just as easy. Yeah, no. So it's not about turning the TV off. In my estimation, it's about what are we going to get criticized more for more? And people will forget the FSU story. Sadly, they're going to FSU won't. They're going to forget the FSU story. What they're going to see is, wow, it was a great matchup. The committee got it right because these were top quality games and we get this champion that emerges out of it and all these teams look great forgetting the fact that this team got left out thinking if this team's included and they get destroyed it's going to look really bad on them for why did you put them in you were supposed to put the best four teams in and you put them in i think that's what they're worried about well if you want to hate on the committee and you want to you want to hate on the process you have to pray that alabama does not win the national championship right well, and that's the thing that happened back when Ohio State got in over Baylor and TCU, and Ohio State won the whole stupid thing, which really sort of, and I, I think this is wrong, but bailed out the committee in thinking, wow, we, we got it right because we picked the chance. No, you picked a team. Anybody can win four, two games to, get, to win the national title uh, among these, this group. Anything can happen in two games. I mean, you TCU put somebody in there. Last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So there's a lot we don't know. And that goes back to what I was saying about small sample size. You've got to lean back on who is the most deserving and who's done the most to earn their spot in there, not you're going to sit back and use your eyeball test to decide who's going to go where. I mean, I think the eyeball test can only be used 
you know, third or fourth line down the tiebreaker scenario. Yeah. Well, that's a great segue because let's talk about that. Their criteria and how they don't have some consistent priority in what should be the first line, the second line, the third line of determination. So, for instance, and you, that's a great point about the eyeball test, which is something they brought up about Bo Nix and his completion percentage, why Oregon was ranked so yeah. high forever, which was ludicrous. <laughs> and then when they're, what we think is the case, they're looking at quality losses first. Instead of using that as a tiebreaker, after you've looked at quality wins and everything else, and, and just winning record, they're like, well, let's go first to who they lost to, which is so random. I mean, I, I guess OU wouldn't have won the national title in 75 because they got beat by Kansas that year, and Kansas sucked. And yet we beat Michigan for the national title. And, and Kansas I don't think anyone's, kept us out this year. And Kansas kept us out this year. I don't think anyone is, is disputing that, that OU was a, a damn fine football team in 75 and deserved to be in that Orange Bowl winning and, and getting the mythical national championship that year. And there's so many examples like that. To start with, quality losses is completely putting it all backwards. Am I wrong? No, because the committee, they've said the only thing that carries extra weight over any other category is conference champion. So if they look at that first... Yeah. Well, you had five conference champions that were all in the top five. So, understandably, that's why Ohio State wouldn't have been uh -huh. in the top five. Uh -huh. um, and then Georgia drops, obviously, because they didn't win their conference championship. So, <clears throat> that's, that's the way that they've said the only extra weight they have is that. But to me, it's stupid to, look at, to not look at quality wins over quality losses. Because anybody can have a bad day mm -hmm. during the season. Or injury because and you tend to hey, have we, bad days when you're playing a lower opponent, right? You're yeah. This is college kids. They're just they're not up for it all the time. I mean, if you look at us being ranked 12, let's let's start this conversation. Why we weren't 10 or nine, 10 or 11? We had our quarterback of the defense knocked out of the Kansas game right before halftime. We led that game at halftime. He gets knocked out. We lose the game by five. He doesn't play against OSU. We lose that game by three, and there was a horrible, obvious non-call in the end zone that would have that prevented us from winning that game, obviously. But if we're going to talk about not having your best player at a certain time, then why is that not factored in? Every, we, our two every, losses are yes, because we didn't exactly. have our, our best player on defense. Well, but even not only that, if you take it a step further with, if you're going to start putting subjective subjectiveness into the equation, Every single piece of the game has to be put in. You have to start right. looking at stuff like miss calls, blatant miss calls, yeah. or um, like a pass bad, interference bad, in the end zone. Bad spots. How, exactly. how many points you have did to you add lose every, by? You have to add right? every single mm -hmm. piece of that into the equation if you're going to start saying, "Well, it's because." And what were the conditions? Were the, was it yeah, what was a the bright and like? sunny day, or was yeah. it raining? Yeah. And and all that could be legitimate, but you don't start with that. You work your way down to when you have to Did use that nonsense. Did your quarterback's girlfriend break up with him before the game? <laughs> I mean, these, like, these we've got to get deep. These guys <laughs> on the committee that during the season should have been taking notes on all these games that they watched, and they can they can watch versions of these that are just play after play after play or highlights or whatever. But you have to realize that a team like like I said OU that don't have their starting linebacker for both of their losses, and they lost by a combined eight points, whereas Missouri lost to or no who, who was it lost to uh lsu and um oh crap let me look at it hang on a second as far as quality losses quote unquote to which team um you had um you had missouri lose to georgia and lsu but their only 
ranked wins are Tennessee and K-State. And they only beat four bowl teams total. Whereas OU loses to OSU and Kansas, obviously, like I said, without the, without their starting linebacker. But we had two ranked wins against Texas and SMU and had six bowl wins on our on yeah. our schedule. So Six that, against four. Another way of looking at it while you're looking that up on, on the – so – if you're going to start with quality losses, should it be to your benefit if you didn't have any quality losses because you didn't have any losses at all? Wouldn't that mean that you were not even in that conversation? They set a precedence today with the Liberty situation. This is what is, uh, from an OU perspective, the most absurd part of our season is if we had lost to Texas <laughs> and beat Kansas, we are playing in a New Year's the Six Cotton Bowl, Bowl or something. Yeah. Based on their criteria of yes, what they've done. It's yep. just absolutely ridiculous. It's like, oh, you lost to Kansas. We can't put you in a good game. Yeah, but we have technically the best win in the entire season. Yes, that's Before right. Before yesterday. Other than Bama no, but, beating Georgia. Yeah, but even, no, but after, after it's all after said and done, done, we, we do. have the best yeah. win. We beat the number three we team in the, the nation. We the number three yeah. team in the country. That's true. That's the best win there is. Yeah. It doesn't get better than that at the end of the day of all the rankings. That's it. Now, I'll give you, I mean, beating Georgia's the best win of the game. Of in the a game season. we were underdog in. But it's a neutral field, right? That's not even a home-and-home home mm-hmm. or a home-and-away game or a situation or anything like that. So, to get left out under those scenarios, it's, just, it's preposterous. We just, we just should have lost to Texas, beat Kansas, <laughs> and we'd be playing in a better game, which, <laughs> you know, make it make sense. And if you look, we, we tweeted it earlier, the – the breakdown between OU, Penn State, Ole Miss, and Missouri. And I can see maybe Penn State being ahead of us based on quality losses because they lost to Michigan and Ohio State. Well, they all but their only win losses. is Iowa. Yeah. That's their only ranked win. Who is only half a football team. Yeah. They're only a Well, no, they're, they're t- no, they have a defense and a punter. No, yeah, that's true. The punter outpunted the entire total offensive production for yeah. them. That's for the season. Wrong. For the season. And Ole Miss lost to Bama and Georgia, but their only quality win good is losses. LSU. So explain to me how we beat two top 25 teams. Two teams that won their conference. Two teams that won their conference, Texas and SMU. Yep. And so we're probably the only team that has two wins over conference champions. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So sticking with this, taking it to another logical conclusion, you really don't want to schedule anybody that might beat you well, I don't know. Maybe you do, so you can't have quality losses. But quality wins <laughs> yeah. don't matter. No, you, yeah, you want to so schedule, schedule You want to lose, lose to, to the we really good drop, teams. Yes. OU needs yeah. to drop out of the SEC mm-hmm. and move to the Sun Belt Conference. But schedule. Yet, we can move to the Big 12. But schedule <laughs> really, really tough teams and just forfeit so that you've got those quality losses. And you just have to be in the top 12 as the top group of five. So, so win your conference, playoffs. win yeah. all those games. Rest your players in the game against Alabama, yeah, Ohio State, and coach, Washington. Yeah, exactly. We didn't have our coach. We didn't have our quarterback. We had nobody for this. Our game. quarterback was injured. <laughs> they should let anybody. they should let us play in those games. Yes. Yeah, the that fans, would be fun. The fans should play <laughs> in those games. So under next year's scenario, we missed the playoff. That's why this is such a complaint. We didn't make a New Year's Six bowl, and that sucks because obviously I think at least two of those three teams we are better than Penn State, Missouri. And Ole, um, and Ole Miss. One of those, we two are, of those three teams yeah. we should be in Ole front Miss of. Ole Miss and Penn State we should be ahead of for sure. Missouri, you can debate. That's fine. I think right. Missouri is probably fairly ranked. Out, the mo- the, out of the three that we're discussing, the most fairly ranked out of those three. 
I mean, they their schedule though they only beat four bowl teams. True, and we True. beat six. I mean, I agree. I I think we are a and worthy number nine. They're top twenty-five. So the committee had K State last week at tw- outside the outside the top twenty-five, but I noticed that they were keeping them around twenty-six. That way, if they needed to, they could bring K State into the fold and they could use that for so Texas. You calling it a conspiracy? No, because they've done this in the past. I, they've, they've had these teams just on the outside. But, but, that way they can move them in. But what make, are, you, are you accusing them of something, or are you saying they really believe that's the legitimate ranking? Well, I mean, I don't know how they dropped Tulane from 17 completely out, only to move in K-State because it helps their Texas pick. Yeah. And it helps keep Mizzou well, that's what I'm saying. Is in that, the top 12. Is it conspiracy, like, or do they really believe that's I just think that's, that's something that's that they've correct. done. I don't know. It's, because if, if K-State's not, not uh, in the top 25... Well, that hurts Missouri's case because then they only have one top 25 win in Tennessee, whereas we would still have two, having OSU, or having uh, Texas and SMU right. in the top 25. So then, by that case, how could you say, well, we put in Missouri when over OU because they they only had one top 25. But I mean, Ole Miss only has one, right? Yeah. Because Tulane dropped out. Yep. And who beat Tulane? Oh, SMU did in the conference championship. And who beat SMU? Oh, we did. Yep. So, who rank these three, and let me know if I'm leaving someone out that needs to be discussed. I'm sure there is. The three biggest complainers, or, or the three teams and fan bases with the biggest legitimate complaint is, I don't want to label them complainers because that's like derogatory, Florida State, yep, number one. Oklahoma, number two. and SMU. Number three. And Absolutely. With huge, legitimate gripes. I would, say, I would say SMU has a bigger complaint than we do, honestly, as well, which in... I mean, to, to, be, to be a group of five team right now, to win your conference, to have went and played against Oklahoma and TCU. And a good t- Tulane's good. That's, and a good. that's a good win. To, yeah, it's a very good win. To, yeah, to beat Tulane and still get left out that's over, over the, the team with the 133rd ranked but they schedule undefeated. in America. But here's what, so here's what the committee did. By dropping TCU out of the top 25, it hurts SMU's strength of schedule. By not giving them that top twenty-five, dropping, dropping Tulane, uh, dropping, uh, what yeah. I say, TCU. Oh yeah, by dropping Tulane out of the top twenty-five, it hurts SMU's top twenty-five. Because it's a non-top twenty-five right. win, right. and then bringing in K State to help those other two teams I mentioned earlier. How does it not? How, so and they didn't give SMU credit for um, good losses. Apparently. But how do you not look at like I understand final rankings and stuff like that. I guess and and maybe it's just how the the course of the season things pan out. But how do you not consider? what the team was ranked when you played them as whether or not that's a top 25 win. My only argument to that is you know what I mean? it's like, all yeah, but then you get it's you, all subjective in early, <laughs> right? You, you get got Oregon beating the, USC when USC is like 9. Yeah, but you got true. Texas when they turned out to be yeah, terrible. Yeah, you got Texas A&M in the top 10 ways. every year, yeah. right? It, it then, cuts both ways though. So I think you have to look at it all in context because sometimes it's totally legitimate because like FSU You've got a team that loses players and loses games, and they didn't end the season the way they started the season. And they're a much better team. And so you say, yeah, okay, yeah, they didn't end the season well, and they had four losses, but that was after the quarterback went down and all that and whatever. So in that case, yes, you should look at the fact they were a top 25 team. You should look at all the games and all the context is what I'm kind of getting at with all this, not just wing it, which is what I think the committee does. And then, on the same respect, you shouldn't put too much weight on that because, yeah, somebody like Clemson starts out really hot, and then you, or, you know, 
preseason and reality sets in and they're not. Or Colorado. In Colorado. And you say, well, USC. yeah, this is not that good of a team. Right. Yeah. So we're going to discount that. But you properly weight everything with the right context. It has to be factored. because You factor it because in. Because I, I think it's completely crazy that a Kansas State team that got to sit on their couch, watch football all day yesterday, and enjoy themselves with a week off is Moved now ra- is now ranked above a team in Tulane that did everything correctly to get to their conference championship game and now is left out of this top 25 conversation which again yeah all the people playing on championship saturday or whatever you really shouldn't drop them from their spot honestly it just I, depends I, well i mean unless it's like unless you're dropping them out of a top 4 or like a, it's a I, I don't think if Iowa beats Michigan yesterday, Michigan drops a lot, and Iowa bumps okay, and goes up I get a lot. That, but but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be to the magnitude of dropping. I mean, you gotta be careful. Tulane how dro- about you gotta be yeah. careful how you drop. Tulane dropped eight plus spots. That's yesterday. crazy. Yeah. Just and for playing. I wonder, a championship I wonder what game I wonder what losing. they are ranked now. Here, here's something for and you. In Georgia, which has never happened before, twenty nine straight wins, back to back national championships. They lose by three. Drop five spots. They drop five spots. Here's one for you. Five spots. There's no way. Go ahead. One of our losses was to Kansas. You know what Kansas got was ranked with four games left to play? 16. Kansas was the 16th ranked team in the country with four games left and to guess, play. And guess what happened? And that, that guess doesn't what count happened? as a quality loss. Their quarterback got hurt. Yeah. And that doesn't count for us as a quality loss. They were ranked 16 yeah, great with four point. games to go. Great point about how do, context. How does that make sense? That, that's a quality loss. So if any other time in and the Oklahoma season. Oklahoma State's out of the top 25 because they lost to Texas and yesterday. We'll see how far if they can Georgia beat. had played, which they did play a very weak schedule, but if had they played an Alabama midseason and they lost by three, you would not have dropped them five spots. Go look at all the teams that did lose. Like How much did, did Alabama drop when Texas beat them? And that was a bigger upset. They dropped than, to like number nine, I think. From where? From like four. Three or four. Okay, so they dropped pretty significantly. Okay. Well, so with four games left in the season, I don't. I or, think that's or maybe unusual. Seven. No, they may have dropped to seven. I don't with, know. With four games left in the season, I wish you got blown out by UCF, but they were ranked 15, and they finished there at uh, 20. Now those are bad. We have those are bad losses. Those are bad losses. Lucas. We They're lost to a team losses. that was ranked 15th with four games left in the season. We lost to a team that was ranked 16th or, or no one. Kansas was 16. OSU got up to 15, and those. "Quote unquote quality losses aren't good enough to make it to put us in the top. Kansas is 12, bad. Eleven, even though we beat the number three team only. Right, right. When you lose right. to Kansas, it's like losing to like <coughs> Illinois or something, right? It's just, yeah. it's not looked good upon. But you don't know that Kansas is actually a quality football team who played the entire year with a backup in the second half of the year on a third string quarterback. Yeah, because you don't watch the stuff and yeah, you have no clue you're not what you're watch looking Kansas at. Kansas, if you're Secretary of Defense or whatever, and on the committee. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is. Well, she in her state. <laughs> whatever. I'm just saying. Like, yes, you got other stuff to do. So she was national security like advisor on the panel. And then, yeah. Now, in her defense, and, and and of course, she's not even on the panel anymore. She's still looking for nuclear weapons in Iraq that don't <laughs> exist. Saying, so, <laughs> like, who are these people? And it, it's it's ludicrous and absurd. It's just like. We know that the AP voters don't look at everything, and even worse, the coaches poll. Um, that the coaches don't look at any other games other than the teams they play, and they see a a cut up version of it. They don't watch the context of an actual football game. It's it's somebody that is somewhere else in the entire you know uh, underling group that's going to vote that, and and it also goes back to you can look back, and I'll pick on Barry Alvarez again. 
when he did stuff against OU to rank us absurdly below Missouri after we beat Missouri for the second time in that season. So there's a lot of bias and a lot of crap that keep creeps in. And some of it's intentional and some of it, a lot of it's unintentional, but it just speaks to their, their weaknesses. Fortunately, we're going to get a 12-team playoff in the future that, that negates most of this consideration. But let's talk a little bit about the fact that apparently, supposedly, if everything came out chalk the way that we saw it today, OU would get left out of that 12-team playoff. For Liberty. For Liberty. I'm getting mad as I read this. Right quick, go, go back to the quality loss thing. I'm looking at Kansas' schedule. They went 8-4. and four. Three of their losses were to top 25 teams, and they beat a number 12 team. So for us to not get credit, Losing to Kansas. And not a number 12 at the time. Right. A number 12 in the end after right. another loss. We were six at the time uh-huh. when they beat us. And for us to not get credit for Kansas being a quality loss when Missouri's getting credit for, um, what was it, uh, an LSU loss. I mean, LSU's better than Kansas, but not hugely. Are they? Oh. I mean, yes. That's yes, but are they? I, yeah. Not that, enough. That's that, the whole point of playing the game. I, yeah. And someone it's, said it today. And someone said it today really well. Why even play the games? Exactly. Why? Exactly. Like at the end of it, are we just going to say we know they're not actually the better team? Like why? So why, we're going to reset it? Yeah. Why? <laughs> why? Why just put set yourself the playoffs up preseason? Well, hell, playoffs. Playoffs. Why do we do the playoffs? Well, just, why, and, and that's the thing too is what, what is the what is the point of waiting for these stupid playoff rankings till the eighth week of the season when everyone knows what's going to happen? Don't act like. And that's what pisses me off. They act like. Oh, we're gonna give it. We're gonna let the first half of the season kind of shake out and let it do its thing. Well, crap! At that point, stop looking at the first eight games. Then, yeah, yeah. Like, don't even make them make them exhibition games. Make them practices to to prepare for everything else. And well, just let teams know early on, you either are or not an exhibition team, the whole season. And if you are a, a real team, not an exhibition team, you will be treated as an exhibition team if you lose a yeah. quality player like a yeah. quarterback. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't let Florida, your, yeah, it, you, Florida you can State, get in, but if your quarterback gets hurt, you're, you're not. The NFL draft picks for Florida State should have hung it up three weeks ago. Yeah. The more we talk about this, the more I am on the on the boat of <laughs> Florida State forfeiting their, uh, their invitation. Uh, to the I would be. It would be so hilarious. I'll donate. Which they have not accepted as of this podcast time right if now. They, skip, if they, they have skip not the accepted orange the Orange Just, Bowl. I'm fine with that. Um, I think it would be, well, obviously it might get OU into the Orange Bowl, which would be There is a little but. bit of selfishness in my <laughs> want for Florida State to forfeit. It would be glorious. I'm for the whole ACC just saying, eh, we hate you guys. I, I wish they would at least sue to get transcripts or whatever might exist of, of correspondence, email correspondence out just in the discovery process to maybe embarrass this group for what they've done. Who so, employs the committee? The NCAA? No. Do they even get paid? Uh, it would be, I, don't think I they guess, get paid. the conferences. They're, they're the ones that have agreed to this. It's not the NCAA. That's the whole big deal about the NCAA's fought a playoff forever because they wouldn't be in charge of it or get the money off of it. Um, I think it'd be the confer- it has to be the conferences. So back to the 12-team playoff and what might happen. So it looks like Liberty would have beaten us out. I don't think that would actually happen because I think everything would be different. I think that they would have the freedom of movement to rank teams the way they think that they should, and they wouldn't be jockeying, jockeying so much on the top four and then trying to place people. But regardless, I think the thinking would be different, and they'd want an Oklahoma in. And this is true in a legitimate world and definitely in a conspiracy theory world because you want Oklahoma in over a Liberty. 
um, or you don't no, want... No, but Liberty's in. No, Liberty's in, that's right. You'd want you Oklahoma in over an Ole Miss. Or somebody, yeah. yeah. Well, there's four SEC teams in uh, New Year's Six games, and there's only one Big 12 team in a New York Six game. And that might be the future. And three Big Ten teams. In the new conference alignment, that probably is the future. We're going to have one less conference. Well, not just that. I, I, I think in that you're going to look at the SEC and the Big Ten are going to get probably three to four teams in. It'll be a power. Yeah, I, th- I think probably average between they'll get three, six and eight teams yeah. minimum per minimum. Yeah. I, I I would expect they're usually pushing four and maybe an argument with a fifth, uh, just depending on how it shakes out. Yeah, the out. fifth would be a flip flop. But it, the two but it comes back to like, what are we supposed to do? Um, I guess they're really encouraging us just to schedule four patsies and not have that one, not have a big home and home matchup out of conference but also not schedule an additional conference game. Rather, have you want to play Maine, you don't want to play LSU or whoever because that in-conference game probably is tougher than Maine, and you might lose that game and screw things up. This, this may factor in a lot into what the SEC decides because you can go even for the next season they've decided you're only playing an eight-game schedule, but it was kind of split 50-50 on a lot. Some of the teams wanted to play nine. Some of them want to play eight. And they probably should play nine to emerge with the top two. Right, and they should. But this, yeah. the way this was scheduled or the way uh-huh. these rankings came out today may make you think, nope, we need to leave it at eight because then that allows our teams to schedule one good quality opponent and then three rum-dums because that's going to raise their winning percentage. Well, it's something I thought about as well yesterday as we were talking through some of this is how we've talked about how a lot of the, the early wins get seemingly get discounted some, even even against good teams and stuff like that. There seems to be quite a bit of uh, recency bias with, with how the, the teams are picked. Start, start structuring it or start standardizing scheduling some of these bigger non-conference matchups later in the season. Um, I don't know how it works. In ter- I, I know there's, there's set traditional weekends where you have rivalries and stuff like that. But like South Carolina, Clemson, yeah, Florida, Florida State, yeah. So, yeah. but but maybe even on those weekends, align say, hey, you know, well, those would be out of conference. We're gonna do these big, we're gonna do these big non-con home and homes on that. What is either a cupcake weekend for the SEC right now, or the the Florida Florida State matchup, Clemson South Carolina, etc. That weekend is gonna be dedicated to the big non-conference matchups. And at that point, you well, say, that could be a rivalry week for OU, they, and they reschedule Bedlam. Bedlam, exactly. And you start, and, and at that point, there's no reason to say, "Hey, these teams came to fruition for what they were mid-season, and they played each other in the second half." We know that this win means more. I mean, the Florida LSU game, uh, Florida State LSU game, for example. Like those those teams are two different, two completely different teams in the committee's eyes. I'm sure now. Schedule those games later on in the year, and, and at that point, you have a little bit more of a this team is for real because they went and beat this other big non-con team. Et well, thinking about us, we've been blessed with Joe Casiglione <clears throat> always scheduling good home and homes for the fans. You know, you want to have Florida State, Miami, you know, Tennessee, Tennessee, Ohio State, Ohio State. We've Michigan. Had all, we got Michigan coming up. We have Nebraska. We have Nebraska again. There's no reason to go to Michigan. Yeah. No. He's so. Or there's a big reason not. When to. the time yeah. comes that we get new administration, the next guy you bring in may be like, "Hey, we're just going to have." Four nobodies. Well, how Castiglione might. 
I mean, do it. So, some of these are so far in advance that it's already been you, set. Well, you, you can get out, out of them. You have to you buy out. out, or you just don't schedule the next one. There's only a couple that are on the books right now. Well, and I'm wondering, but Michigan I'm wondering might not want to play us either. I'm wondering yeah. if he's already starting Mutual. to do that. Which, I, given I know the with the way that our schedule uh, panned out and the quick shift of the SEC next year prevented us from scheduling one of those. Big well, we lost Georgia, right? lost no, the Georgia home and home, lost the Tennessee home and home, but. I mean, next year if, if LSU things, was on the books too. Yep. And next yeah. year, if, if these teams keep trending the way we're saying they are, and we go and we just run through our non-conference, and Castiglione says like, "Hey, we did what we had to do here." That's we, been the MO we lost two of games. the SEC. Yeah, we lost forever. two games in conference, Citadel. and we're still making the the playoff. Yeah. I mean, I don't want that. Uh-uh. I no. love the I love the big. I know home and home matchups. No, the home, but at some point, it's a the, business decision. Right, yeah. and one of the benefits of a twelve-team playoff is. There's strong reason to schedule a Michigan, a Ohio State, a Washington, a whoever out of your conference because Shouldn't it's not going to hurt you the way that it, it, it's going to hurt you. And now we don't know what the hell. I mean, that could be a quality loss if you lose, or it could be a win that just doesn't count for much because then if you go and you turn around and say, well, we played Washington, they say, I don't care. You lost to Ole Miss, and, they only, and they're a 7-5 and, and five team. So, no, you, you, you're punished for that. Yep. But in the future, if you have two – say you have a, a – really good season in the SEC and you lose twice and then you scheduled Michigan and then that's your third loss well that that one extra loss could push you out of being in the top 11 yes great point instead of if you played Wyoming instead of Michigan and you blow them out and right. honestly, well you still just have two SEC losses so now you're in the playoff to yep. even be in the top 11 because who gave the group of 5 the power no to kidding. have their highest ranked team automatically make the playoffs it's the same with the Notre Dame situation back in the BCS days. Yeah, yeah. but this is if worse. Notre, if Notre that's worse. Notre Dame. Dame that's Notre Dame, own, yeah. Own BCS. Yeah, but that's Notre Dame at least. If yeah. they're that good, right, then you're you gonna, need to you're watch them a, play. Yeah, you'll, you'll get put an them at-large. in the top 12. Yeah, exactly. Right? But not automatically. No, You exactly. can't have the literally the worst-ranked schedule out of schedules. 133. Out of 133. And get in, but they did. For what? It's it's awful. It's for <laughs> what? It it and what destroys the legitimacy of it. If I'm an Oregon fan, I'm I'm actually super pissed off. We have to go play this trash game against the Liberty. Hell, you might lose because of all the guys setting out. No one's interested in it. It's, it's a, their it's Super Bowl. It's the biggest game in the history of their program. It's a yeah. thankless game. It's one that it's hard to get up for. It's OU Connecticut. Yeah, there's everything to lose, nothing to win. It is worse. This is going to trend to what we've talked about since the SEC stuff got announced. And then this year with all the Big Ten movement, it's going to be two 20-team or 20, probably 24-team conferences because the hey, and a- I'm all ACC for that. will get poached too. and the Big 12 will get poached. And you'll just have <laughs> Big Ten, SEC will each have 24 teams playing in their own, yeah, be north and south. own leagues. I, the the poaching league. will be pretty small. I mean, so we, we've got 16 and 16 right now. Need Coming six into more next teams year to make uh, so six, uh, 20, or eight more teams. Now. Yeah, they have eighteen, don't they? Yeah. So they need four, and we need six. There's only a couple of teams still no. that you need to get to, to, tw- to twenty-four. To twenty-four. Twenty-four. We, we need, need eight. eight. Oh, we need eight. Yeah, we're not going to get to twenty-four. I think we're going to get to. I mean, they can pull. Four we might AC- get to twenty. They can pull four ACC teams and four Big Twelve teams, and then the I, no, no, Big no, no, Ten no, pulls no, no. a couple ACC and a couple Big Ten or Big Twelve, 
and then you're at 224. I think 20 and 20 makes more sense. I think 20 I think, and 20 makes I don't more think sense. There's, I don't think there's 48 uh, I agree. Like, teams that should. And I don't know if anybody from the Big given, 12 Given, there, there's some SEC teams the and some big team teams that should not be in those quote-unquote I, I think leagues. The only difference is if you only have 48 <coughs> teams, all the players are going to those 48 games. Absolutely, but that's going to happen anyway. And so I think the writing on the it already is. No, happening. but I'm saying you, and so I think you could have good, a good yes. you could have Oh yeah, yeah you could, you could, you could. True. So it's really a matter of what does the math work out for. Point. But you've got um, Vandy's not Vandy anymore. You've got yeah, Vandy's a, a, an oddball in that group. But you've got Florida State, Miami, uh, North Carolina, Clemson. Florida State. Who I said them yeah. Oh. So those four are a natural fit in the SEC. You've got Notre Dame. Um, they only need to add one more: Notre Dame and Virginia Tech, or yeah, Virginia Tech. Yeah, or you could pluck, or, you could it, pluck an Iowa. And State. now you've got twenty and twenty. Yeah, and, and just just to name some teams that are really those that seem to be serious football programs. North Carolina could be in that. Uh, yeah, I counted that. They're the they're in the SEC. SEC. Start listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then you've got twenty and twenty, and then you've got the group of five becomes group of six because the Big Twelve remaining teams are in that. Yeah. And then you just have yeah. uh, Oklahoma State, Kansas State type domination in that league because they're playing, yeah. you know, Tulane and Liberty and all those other teams. Or Utah. <laughs> Utah, yep. Utah um, could be the front runner there. So I think that's where we're going. I've always predicted that. I've been predicting that for about, I don't know, eight years before even OU Texas moved. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about where it's headed. But just get ready for it. It's going to be rough with all of these trying to hang on to the past and keep other people happy or whatever the hell it is that we're trying to satisfy these other wants and demons when we could just be pursuing quality football in something sensible and a playoff structure that we all can believe in because we can all argue about and it's true this team wins and they shouldn't have won BYU won the national championship in 1984 and there's no one including anyone in Provo Utah who believes they were the best team in 1984 but that's just the way it worked out. And it's going to work out that way anytime you have like an FSU win with Jameis Winston. They weren't the best team that year, but they snuck it through and they won it. And we're like, okay, they won the games. We're going to give them the championship because they won the games. In the pros, we have the New York Giants beating uh, the New England Patriots twice. And they weren't the best team, but they did. And we settled and say, yes, they're the Super Bowl champions. We're going to count them the champions. We're not going to say anything other than they weren't actually the best team. But that's just something for us as fans to argue about. But we settle on who wins the games. So in this super team, super league scenario, when you've got the Big Ten and the SEC both have 20 teams, <clears throat> at that point you just go to an eight-team playoff in the top four teams from both leagues, obviously your conference champion. Um, and if they split them into two, let's say, divisions, you could have – you know, the SEC East and West, instead of playing a conference championship game, the winner of the SEC West and the winner of SEC East, the winner of the Big Ten West and Big Ten East are your top four teams yeah. in the eight-team playoff. And then you choose two more from each league, and then that's oh, your, like that your that eight-team playoff. I like that a lot. It's never going to happen. We'll never go backwards from 12 because the money will be set. But if it's only going to be two, two, I know, two, I know. two team leagues. I just They're not going to do it. They're going to they're gonna make it 12. And they're going to have the expanded number of um, at-large bids, yep. which is fine, too. Yeah. Uh, so let's transition to a couple things, talking more about the Sooners. And we've got some breaking news that we're going to talk about in just a second. We obviously are in, uh, and unless things break really goofy with, with Florida State and the ACC, and uh, we get to go to the Orange Bowl, we're going to the Alamo Bowl to play 
Arizona, which is kind of a tough matchup from the standpoint it's going to be their Super Bowl, and they're not going to have anybody opt out, and we might have quite a few. We'll talk about potential opt-outs. But let's get to this breaking news first. Jay, what happened? So Billy Lucci, who is a like A&M insider reporter, he's breaking that A&M defensive line coach Elijah Robinson is headed to Syracuse as the orange defensive coordinator. Um, the reason that's significant for OU is he has been the integral part of getting that ridiculous D-line class for A&M the last two or three years of multiple five stars. And as that program starts to transition into new coaching staff, that could be big for us. Because there are two five-star defensive linemen currently at A&M who were very much were high on us and probably wanted to come to us, but the the bags that were dropped for them and and or maybe moving one family member there <laughs> to give him a a job at the church might have had something to do with it. But anyways, yes. Yeah, so tell us who those are. Uh, David Hicks. Hicks, Hicks, and, Hicks, and, Hicks and Dindy, Dindy right? And Dindy. and Dindy is a legacy. And we're on their final two on both. It was both OU of, and A&M on both was, of them. And, and I, and so hopefully this A&M. guy, this coach had a lot to do with it, not so much bags of money and everything else. Well, it might be both, but that's It's probably now. both. And they're, where they're going, if you can't read the tea leaves a little bit on where A&M's at. Now, maybe they really liked Elko. I mean, there's always that possibility because he was around, I think, as a D coordinator. In their freshman year. Around maybe. those recruitments. Maybe not so much for Hicks, but maybe for Dindy. But that could be big for us because we need interior defensive linemen in a bad way. And it never hurts to be number two when this type of situation comes up. So the way you play that, too, is they've already gotten paid something for where they've gotten. Right. So they can get paid again to come here. We, we, we call them up through the grapevine, however you can do it, and say, hey, there's a great opportunity at Oklahoma you're going to be a starter. We're on the up and up. Obviously, our defense is ascendant and very, very good as it is. We need you. And we're in the same conference now. And we got all kinds of money. And and so if we get them, we get them. If we don't, we don't because they go to their people and say, hey, Oklahoma's going to pay me a lot of money. You want to keep me? I need lots of money. And so then they're having to shell out money to these guys they already had bought. They got to repurchase them, if you will. And that takes money away from where they can give it to other players and so either way it hurts their recruiting potentially um, obviously it'd be best for OU directly if we can get these players to transfer but if we can hurt the machine that is Texas A&M recruiting indirectly that'd be good too and you can almost tell them to a certain degree you have a really really good shot of starting on a day, day one. one day one on a championship level defense in a in the Premier still League, in the still in the conference, where you're going to be probably at worst on the same NFL trajectory, if not better, because everything looks better with our defense and where we're headed and everything else. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, we've seen we've seen some stuff on Twitter over the past four or five days as well, indicating some um, movement uh, potentially. I mean, David Stone's tweeting out eyeballs last night. Um, around you know something, uh, assuming he's a defensive lineman. Uh, defensive line, lineman, assuming something that he's heard, um, and he's committed to OU, and yep. so potentially heard some other stuff. Uh, I've seen some other stuff else. from some other recruiting uh, accounts uh, saying that we're trending upwards as well. So um, 
it is going to be crazy to see that portal light up this week. It's going to be, I mean, it opens tomorrow. <laughs> it is going to be unreal to watch what transpires over the next four weeks. There's going to be some busy, busy people. So it'll be like 4th of July for the NBA. Like, yeah, they, everything opens up that day with free agents and it goes and, crazy. And it goes crazy. No, I think it probably will. Um, so some things that we'll obviously be covering in future pods and will be evolving will be OU's positioning against Arizona. Um, questions that we can start to discuss now and come back to as new information comes to light in future pods would be, well, to start with, who's, who's going to call the game? Who's going to be the offensive coordinator? Is it going to be Latrell? Do we know this for sure? Lucas, you tend to think it's going to be Latrell. I think it's Latrell for sure. Jay, you were thinking, I think that was decent reasoning, that we don't know if he's gotten the job yet officially to get to be in that position. Right, because they have to – now, depending on, like, what Lucas said, he's hired on. They, I don't yeah, know what that it. means, like, how quickly that – maybe it's day, maybe it's instantaneously once he signs. Yeah, because Levy's not an employee anymore, so that opens up the spot. But so maybe they don't want to, like you said. My thought process was Joe John has been on the sideline in an official coaching capacity, unlike Latrell, who was – a analyst, right? Um, he supposedly knows the system, the current system, how we would run it for one more game, exactly how we're going to run it like a Levy-style offense. Now, he, I don't know that he's called plays, but it might not be that big of a deal for a bowl game, right? Well, um, I mean, that's what happened last year with Kale, right? And then I don't know if you... Well, you probably... If you take the risk... And I say it's a risk of Latrell calling the bowl game, and maybe things don't look so hot, right? Do you risk the? That doesn't matter. You don't think you don't for think recruiting so? Latrell yeah. as an offensive analyst, he is in all the meetings with the offensive coordinator all year long. It's not like but that's not what he's saying. But what I'm saying is, you're acting like Latrell's going to come in and install his brand new offense for next year when literally no, 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 no. they already know all the plays, all the verbiage. No. He knows no, 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 no. Maybe Latrell no, no. doesn't want to coach the game. Yeah, no. Latrell may not want the loss. No chance. If the risk of the loss, and two, he just it, it's a tough situation. So your your first game, and you can say to recruits, hey, yeah, no, we lost the game, we didn't look great, but we don't, we didn't even have our offensive coordinator coaching in that game. We, we we're still trying to figure out what the future holds. I th- I think that's what matters. Well, is it's even it's better the other way because then then Latrell, if he loses and they point to the offense wasn't that great, he's like, well, I was having to call all the Levy's plays because I haven't installed my offense. No, I think it's so better. Now it's going to be it, wait until you see what I'm going to do when no, I, I think get it's my better full not, in there. Not opposed, to be associated with yeah, it. So based so. on whether or not because we don't know if the hire automatically makes him available for the bowl game. It does, which it probably does. But if it if it didn't, they have to petition the NCAA to get the clearance for him to do that. Sorry. Now, I don't think it's probably hard to do or probably doesn't take that long to do, but... Um, no, it'd be know. interesting. I, you All can things, fire a coach uh, yeah. mid-season and bring in another coach, and they're immediately eligible to call plays, so it's not any different going into a bowl game. Yeah, all things Plus, considered, the bowl game is not as regulated as the regular season because none of the redshirt stuff counts towards bowl games, so this these are exhibition games. High school games. kids can even play in bowl games now. These are exhibition yeah. games. Which is so really that's, wild. It's a different set of rules. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I actually I tend to agree with Lucas here. I'd rather, I'd rather Latrell get in there and just take the reins and say, I mean, if this is his offense... Regardless of what system we're running, I, I do agree with Lucas. I think, I think he knows the the playbook just as well as as Joe John. Regardless, I know Joe John's been in the trenches with the guys, 
has the knowledge of the system over the last couple seasons. I'd rather see Luttrell in there. And given, I understand the risk that we take with that, but if it's an exhibition game for the players, it's an ex exhibition game for for Seth as well. Right? Yeah, I, but I wasn't expressing my preference. I don't know if you were either, Jay. I was just saying and what you think Jay was saying. What, well, what, and I, and I, or and what the what the what the risk set is, yeah. and why they might not want to do that. Yeah. Now, you do have the luxury of it's been already a week. And you've got all this time yeah, to get have, prepared. Have like Thirty-five days. It's not like it happened for a week to add out. In a couple of wrinkles that he's going to be running next year that you're already starting to incorporate when these kids. Well, not come just back. wrinkles, just just to be ready to do the whole job I mean, of offensive coordinator. He can add another 20, 20 plays, twenty-five plays to run in the bowl game. But he's I just hope he gets the plays season. to run. Period. Yeah. And I mean that that's tough. Yeah, I mean, you haven't is. called plays in a long time. So kind of to piggyback off that, I mean, what do you guys think the chances are? Let's say. We don't hear anything on Dylan this week. Um, if he's transferring, declaring, etc. Um, what do you guys play? think the chances are that he plays in this game? I think it's eighty-five percent that Gabriel's the quarterback. Personally, yeah. I was thinking more around seventy-five because of all the stuff going on. Um, I'd have to put it kind of low based on my projection of where I think he might be. So I'd say if. If he goes to the NFL, if he's planning on going to the NFL, I would say there's a 60-40 chance that he plays. If he's transferring somewhere else, I would say there's like a 90% chance that he plays. So combining those, I'd be somewhere around the 70-30, 75 a higher chance he plays? Yeah. Because he can't go play for the other team. Well, right if he's still on the team. Now, I could see him. You're right. You're right. I guess I got to push back a little bit. He wouldn't on announce that. his transfer till after the game. So he might, if he announced his transfer before the game, then he's not going to play. He's not going to play, right? Right. Um, so there's a chance of that as well. So yeah, even lower than maybe I'm at sixty forty at a total that he even plays in the game because of those circumstances. I, I put it at seventy five just because I don't think he, I think he will. I'd have to go back and listen to the pot the other night. It's all over the place, but the more I think about it, I don't think he's going to come back uh, more than I think that he's going to transfer. Um, so I think in assuming he declares, if he does go that route, I definitely think he seems more of like the guy that would want to go out on a high and go and play his last collegiate game with OU and play the bowl game, uh, end it with his team per se. He's yeah, and those chances might be high. Too. I, yeah. I don't know where he stands. Did he get up to six or seven? I don't know. Somebody look he that up and see six, if he's I close. Believe. See if he see if he can make so, make yeah, another maybe move. Maybe he has a 350 yard game. Does that bump him another spot in the all time yard? That would probably matter. Know. Now, but I'm sure turn, they would welcome him back to play if he's going to go pro. If he's going to transfer, then you definitely start Arnold. If he's transfer, probably if he tells so. you beforehand he's going to transfer, I don't know why you let him play the game, personally. Yeah. Because not not that you're going to say he's dead to me. But you're going to say, no. we're gonna, we need a one-game jump start on next season uh -huh. exactly. by starting Arnold. Exactly. Well, you kind of need that either if way. He tells you he's going to start. You might I mean, encourage him if he says he's going pro. You might encourage him to say, you know what, don't risk an injury. Go pro. We're going to start Arnold. It could be. Uh, I'll stick with 60-40 um, that he does play, but that's pretty close to a coin flip. Should we talk about our bowl game opponent? Let's talk about the opponent, and let's talk about uh, the fact that they probably won't have any opt-outs, and we probably will have... Um, I think it will be fewer opt-outs than what we've seen in the past, but I still think there will be some. Uh, I think you've got guys coming, a lot of guys I'm hopeful, that will come back. So I think that the opt-outs will be meaningful but not too numerous. But let's talk about that and talk about the opponent. 
So we'll be playing the Arizona Wildcats. Bear down. And always throws me off. They have really, <laughs> they've really done a good job under their. Co I'm actually surprised that their coach is still there. Um, he signed an extension, I think. I mean, I guess it's a nice place to live. So it is. Plus so if, if Arizona beats USC like they should have, are they in the New Year's Six Bowl? They might be above Oregon. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Let's look at their schedule. They're nine and three. Okay. They. Uh, Lost to Mississippi State in overtime. That's they lost. A, that's not a quality loss. They lost to Washington by seven. Quality loss. They lost to USC by two. Not a quality loss. They killed Washington State. They beat Oregon State by three. Uh, they beat UCLA by seventeen. They only beat Colorado by three. They put a whooping up on Utah, a depleted Utah, forty-two to eighteen. Then they won their rivalry game with Arizona State, 59-23. They're a good their, team. Their quarterback is a redshirt freshman. He's good. Who took over, like, fifth game of the season. He is a 74% completion guy, 23 touchdowns, only five picks. He can use his legs. That may be Lincoln's next quarterback. Yeah. Lincoln, side note, for some reason traveled to Kansas State. To talk to, what's his face? <laughs> Sam Howell. No. Uh, oh, no, not Howell. Will, uh, Will, Will Howard. Will, Will Howard, Howard, which yeah. does not fit what he wants to do whatsoever. But anyways. Veteran, um, veteran presence going to get paid a lot of money to go uh, sit behind someone. Yeah, so this kid threw for 527 yards against Arizona State. Hmm. I really don't know why Lincoln would have went and talked to him for any other reason. I don't Truly. I don't either. I really no, don't. I mean, it's very weird. He's not going to play over Malachi Nelson or the other guy. The the other guy that is the apparent second string, in my opinion. <sighs> so, but anyways, back to so, I this game upsets me, especially after seeing the rumors that we could go get an Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. I was really excited for that. Me I think too. that would have been really fun. Um, this game, regardless of the actual quality of Arizona, it reminds me somewhat of like. What you said earlier, Jay, of people look at Kansas and it's like, hey, you lost to Kansas. Oh, yeah. They don't care how good they are uh, because Kansas was a good football team this year, and they have been for the last couple, at least last year and this year. Um, and this is a very similar situation. They're a hard opinion. out, right? It's a very similar situation. It, it used to just, oh, we show up and we beat Kansas. A, win for, like a win for us. Play. A win for us internally probably does good things, does good things for us fans, feels good. Does nothing for anybody else. Mm -mm. No, no, around the country? A loss, a loss does a lot for everyone oh, else. A lot of damage. A lot of damage. So it's a very much like the West Virginia game uh, in in the Fiesta Bowl uh, where we got beat. And who did we lose to? The well, was the Boise State game the year before that? Yes, uh -huh. we lost back to back mm -hmm. at the back to back Fiestas. Um, it's. It's just a game where you've got a lot to lose and very little to gain. Um, it's tough to get up for it. It's, it is, it, I mean, we're thinking of traveling to it, and you might get a lot of people that do just because it's convenient or relatively close, but it is, it's just not a marquee game it's in any way. For us. For, for them, us. it's huge. Oh, for them, it's everything. Yeah. This is a massive game. For him as a coach... For those players, yeah. For the taking the next step, to build on going to into, build into the Big Twelve. Absolutely. Yeah. What do we think the line opens up at? Uh, 
say I'll OU at five. Six, oh, I bet it's. Oh, more I was than thinking that. like ten and a half. Yeah, I bet. Oh, I bet it's double digits. What's Arizona ranked right now? I bet it's double digits. Fourteen. Mm-hmm. So twelve versus fourteen. Twelve versus fourteen. I bet it's double. And they, I they, like ten and a half. They don't have the greatest fans in the world at Arizona, but they no. They may travel to San Antonio just for something to do, you know. Yeah, it's hard to say. They they just they don't have a lot of fan base at all. Um, it, it's we. It sucks. Last time I remember playing them was, have we played them more than just the time in 1989 when we got beat six to three on the tape delayed game, because we were on probation. Um, that was misery. Uh, we had. A third string quarterback ourselves, um, Metzger, Meltzer, uh, Chris Meltzer, my brother, remember. <laughs> he had hands about as big as a little baby's and he fumbled the ball so accordingly. <laughs> so Arizona, we're fifth in total offense. They are 18th. I will say, I, I, wanna, I would love to see Jackson get this game. Yeah. Open it up and, and I think just it'd be, be awesome. And I think fantastic. it also takes some of the I think it takes some of the stressors off of a lot of the stuff that we just mentioned. Um, you can play a little more free when play a little bit more loose like and relaxed. Lose and you know, starting if, your freshman. Yeah, and yeah. if you do lose, if you do lose, you're starting your you starting your mm-hmm. freshman quarterback with a brand new offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, you know, this is this is just the let's get as many excuses out yeah, there exactly. as we can start laying out the excuses <laughs> early um but honestly to be able to play free and to not play tight um it, it's going to be tight everybody's going to be tight if they're worried about dylan going out on a, a down note and all of that well in the last alamo game last alamo bowl we played in we played free and yeah even i know caleb had been the starter for a few weeks at that point but we just had the biggest change in, in our program history in, you know, 20-something years probably. Yeah. Oregon had a bunch of players out. Too. They did. and yeah. But, I mean, we we came to play I don't know and we if that would have mattered really well. a whole lot. I mean, we played, we played really great. well. And we just yeah. played, played like nothing else mattered. So um, And I want us to play that way again. We, we played, and Bob Stoops coached that game tremendously by having us play that way and go for broke and not take prisoners, no excuses, Bob Stoop style. Kel Gundy finally got we a shot. We need more of that. Kel Gundy had a shot as an OC calling plays, and he did great. <coughs> uh, 1-0 as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. So, and then he got fired. And, and 1-0 against the spread, too. Um, so I don't know. I, um, I worry about it just because it is one of these games where it's so much to lose and, and so so hard to just – get focused for it and the players um you you get to a point where you're wanting to make sure guys aren't opting out without opting out that's the worst case scenario is they're they're on the field but they've already opted out and they've been opting out through practice well let's name some guys that we think could opt out okay yeah, I mean Tyler already, Guyton for sure. Tyler Guyton, I don't. I think he's already. I, I, I think he. Yeah. I don't know. I think he opted out with three games. Left. His yeah. locker may be empty right now as yeah. we speak. Yeah. So. Um, you, I mean, you, have, got, you have some running backs that could transfer out. Tommy Walker's already said he's in the portal. Uh, so, yep. anybody that says that they're in the portal, Count Venables will not let them play. No. And I think, I mean, so you've got some interesting names on the interior defensive line. Yeah. Um, Bothroyd. Yeah. We'll see what he does. Trace Ford. I know he's not interior, but he's on that line, which he's not a starter, but he may. he's an impact player. He's an impact player, yeah. Um, Jacob Lacey went through senior day. Jacob Lacey went through senior day. Uh, Terry went through senior yeah, Terry, day. Terry comes to They've mind. got decisions to, as to whether or not they're even coming back. Um, Stutzman will have a choice to make, but I don't see him opting out. 
I think uh, it'll be. I think it. I think for those who don't opt out. So let's say a, a Dejon uh, Terry or a um, Jacob Lacey don't opt out. I think it may be a decent indication that. Oh yeah, they're, they're coming, coming back. They, they could they also be trying back. to put an extra game at table. They might be. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe sure. I don't know. I don't see them doing that. If you're gonna if you're gonna put in for the NFL, I think you're waiting to do have it be combine work. You're really you're rolling a lot of dice that you're going to have a game that you even want yeah, on tape. Yeah, and you're rolling or a lot. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, rolling the, you're rolling the dice that you look really bad on tape. And yeah. that you, I mean, scouts are probably watching these games a little bit more than what they're watching some of these regular season ones. Yeah, and there's so. and there's a little cascade effect, too. If other guys start to opt out, you want to opt out even more because it we, you're looking at a weaker and weaker team and group of teammates. So Do we think Farouk comes back? Yes. I do. Yes. I do too. Yep. Yep. I think most guys with the option to come back will come back. On the offense, I don't I think Tyler Guyton may be the only offensive player outside of Walker and <clears throat> if if, if you get a Barnes wants to transfer or a Hicks wants to transfer. Major went through senior day, he could transfer. Um I don't know, offensively that's probably about it. But like you said, the defensive line could be major. Hopefully Billy Bowen decides to come back. Um yeah. He had it's when you look at the Thorpe Award finalist, it's insane because it's literally he leads in every single category except I think one one of the guys had like five more tackles than him or something. And again, but every other category, Bowman or I mean Bowen was the leader, and yet he got no, left Bo- off. Bowman, you're right. Bowman, Bowman got left off, and and he sh- he should have won it, much less been one of the final. Three. Well, and what what makes me mad with some of these voters and stuff, and and it, even you could even apply this to the, the committee. To an extent, with with there, there should be objective scorecards that can be kept and that are that yeah. have to be maintained to be able to start weighting some of these things. To say, yeah, if you meet these these five to ten check boxes, um, you're initially considered, and then you start having some of the conversations around who you played, where where you start differentiating some of these players. Well, et I have a friend who's uh, in the the Thorpe group. I need to ask him. What goes into that, and how do they make that determination, and who's in charge? He's a big-time OSU fan, so three pick sixes. Alone. Maybe that's part of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you had less tackles than everybody, and but you had three pick sixes, and he, I think you had more interceptions it, than any of the other three guys on the list. Yeah, well, he had more tackles and, and things like that too, and pass breakups. Yeah. So yeah. the yeah. whole thing is, and, like, and what are not, we doing? not that there should be any extra weight, but the award is given out in Oklahoma City. The award is named after an Oklahoman. And yet, the guy that's the best in the country well, at the very at least, position, he should get as much of a look as anyone. Yeah, right? yeah we're exactly. not saying it should be biased right. for him. He, he should be we're just saying, how do you miss yeah. him? Yeah. But it's also—it's not even that, even if it wasn't. He's on a blue blood program. Yeah, yeah, playing power five opponents. Like yeah. it's—it's it's just wild it's to me. Really weird. So I, I think back to the opt-out decision. I—I'm optimistic you're going to get very few in terms of guys declaring early. I do think you'll get quite a few guys who decide to opt out though um be, for those going pro for those uh few that probably will elect to try and go pro and and um forego an extra year of eligibility and then also with um just guys that are going to transfer and that that'll be some thin groups like the re- running back group like we mentioned i'm looking at this list and so bowman had 61 tackles three tackle for loss four pass breakup six interceptions with three touchdowns um, the guys on the list, you got a 41 tackle with two interceptions and five pass breakups. You got a guy at 43 tackles, 
two interceptions, six pass breakups. And then, and that's from Iowa and Georgia. Then you got a guy from Air Force that has 71 tackles. So he's got 10 more tackles, but he only has three interceptions and they don't have any, uh, so he's got four pass breakups. And that's probably a guy who's having to be it's not even close. the it's majority not. of that defense. That's yeah. probably a guy who's not having to, to be a complete game changer. Air Force's competition. They played two other service schools for one. So how many, how many things was he having to defend against Army or right. Navy? I mean... Yeah, when all, when he knows all he has to do is run downhill, plug a gap, and right. he's gonna he's gonna have a tackle. Yeah, it's it's incredible that he didn't make the finalist. Much less, I mean, he should have won it. Yeah, yeah. I think they should just let us decide all of this. They obviously should. Well, we put way too much thought into this. Yeah. If we actually, to be truthful, if we and many many fans like us actually had the the honor of doing this kind of stuff, we would put so much more into this and bring so much more integrity to it. Then you, what you find in some of these groups, including and especially the College Football Playoff Committee, uh, I don't know. It, I, I just think that it's, it shows you, I don't want to call it corruption as much as just incompetence that is at these high levels of all of this stuff. It's very frustrating. I understand that you're making decisions like on a bowl committee, which is that there is corruption like crazy and always has been in those groups. And they're all looking at dollar signs of what they can get paid for having teams of notoriety versus more deserving teams in different positions. But at least say what you will about that, at least as an ethos, at least that's something you're going for. You're saying, hey, we sold out and we just want money versus we just don't have rhyme or reason to how we're making our decisions up. We're just going to decide it's this or that and logic be damned. (laughs) I think if we had some of that transparency to exactly what you just said around the, the money factor of it, as disgusted as may, some people may be, at least we would know. Yeah. Right? At That's least what's it's driving it. At least it's there. And I, I know you can't just be like, obviously, this is dollar driven in a lot of these situations. Um, which awards like this, awards like the Thorpe, it's a bunch of, I mean, look at some of our local media, how biased they are. And, and or ignorant. Like that, or <laughs> ignorant. Speaking of uh, I mean, our former guest and should be a recurring guest soon, Eli Letterman has a Heisman vote. I just found that out the other day. Really? Yeah. Well, we're gonna That's have something to, we can talk to him about. We're going to have to if dig deep into that. If he ever makes on. good yeah. on this, makes a promise, and then walks away from it. I've got Mr. a little bit Eli. of breaking news. According to Stuart Mandel, with the ACC holdouts, they've already placed teams in bowl games and other bowl games. They have... Um, Countdown is on? Sun, Sun Bowl, Notre Dame, Oregon State, Pinstripe, Miami versus Rutgers. The Mayo, well, UNC versus West Virginia, and the military, Virginia Tech versus Tulane, all some of those bowls would have had ACC opponents. So <laughs> this seems like it might be a real thing that the ACC is completely pulling out of bowl games. My, Miami's, in the, Miami's in the ACC. Uh, uh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> Miami's always kind of done their own thing, though. <laughs> oh, I guess UNC. Okay, so I guess they're not holding out then. All right, all right. So My bad. Yeah, Virginia Tech, UNC. Oh, okay, so you got Miami. the backwards. Gotcha. Gotcha, yeah. So is, he say, is Stuart Mandel saying – D- despite the holdout, some of these teams have already already accepted That's their what it bids. Looks like. So it may just be a holdout of FSU, which right, which is so. which I which, don't think they'll do. I don't think they'll do it. They I think they're what they're doing is they're posturing, which I give them every ability to do. They should be posturing and and making sure that they don't go quiet in this night about that because they got hosed. This is. I don't know if we can find an example that's bigger. I mean, you go back and look at when Auburn got left out. They just got left out because of the BCS. It was the system we all agreed on, and 
they were number three in the in 2003, the 2003 season, um, and didn't get to play in the the BCS championship. I don't know if there's another a, a snub as big as this that I can think of. This this outclasses the Baylor uh, TCU oh, fiasco by, by a long, by a even long. Even though shot. that was a, a really big one, and that that to that in and of itself was even. That was the Big Twelve messing up, messing yeah. themselves up. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, that, that's and they both had a loss. Yeah. Um, so, it, I, I, you'd be hard pressed to find something that would that would match this for sure. Very frustrating. It's it's got. We feel for the FSU fans. Um, that's I just kind of something you had said, Jay, earlier. It's just about justice, and this is just an injustice. It, and it's it's in the sport that we love. It's millions of dollars. Um, it's a lot of kids' livelihoods and other people's livelihoods. And it just, I, I don't know, integrity matters. And having a process you can believe in matters. Um, this is just something that's pretty ugly. It's kind of a, a real black mark on the sport that we love. Anything else to cover before? We'll be back again uh, throughout this bowl season. We're going to be making more locks of the week, which um, we'll be reporting our results from this past weekend as well. Taking we, a break this week, right on the midweek. Our next midweek will probably be. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. see. We'll talk about that in a Go. second. Um, yeah. And then, but now we You'll definitely need to re reconvene and be be back for for a lot of talk about bowl season, more deep in depth preview of the OU Arizona matchup, um, lots of things to talk about. Uh, until then, Boomer Sooner. Sooner.